Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. And welcome to the Live Life Liberated podcast. I'm your host for the day, Derek Myron, and I'm here with my good friend and client, Donovan Weber. Donovan, welcome. Hey, Derek. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So Donovan and I met in 2019, and we're going to get into Donovan's story. Donovan's a retired business owner selling his business in, well, I guess it was uh, 2020. I guess it moved into 2020. So, And we're going to interview Donovan all about the transaction and his life and uh, what led him to the transaction. Who should listen to the audience? Business owners, business owners that are thinking about potentially selling down the road and, and exiting their business, and the professional advisors who serve them would be the appropriate listening audience. So Donovan, why don't you share with us about your personal background, professional background, and your family? Sure, sure, Derek. Let's see where to start. Um, humble Roots, right? Grew up through a series of events that led me to a small town in Northern California. Come from a pretty large family. Five boys. Five boys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the second of five, right? So real close, real tight family, actually. My brother, Corey, and I are actually the ones who started the business. And him and I ended up um, here in Carlsbad, actually. We were living, we found it, I mean, had a place actually a block from the beach. I don't know how we pulled it off. I think we ate tuna and beans to, to be able to afford the 725 bucks, but you know, at, at the beach in Carlsbad. What year was that? That would have been 92. Okay. So out of the house uh, at an early age, left the house when I was 15, actually. So ended up with Corey by the time I was 16. We'd get this place at the beach get a job, finish high school, and we he worked for a Japanese company. Corey's older. Corey's, yeah, five years older than I am, right? So at this point, I'm 18, 19 years old, right? Corey's 24, 25. He was working for a Japanese company that is, at the time, actually the largest model maker in the world. So if you are going into market and creating a product, you know, our grandfathers would have machined pieces together, right? These guys were starting to come through the advent of product development and really 3D printing was just coming alive. I mean, this was like 19, early 90s is when the, the commercial systems were birthed. So he's working for this company. I'm a kid at Miracosta College in Oceanside, right? I'm taking business courses, thankfully, and, uh, and a machine tool technology program actually I signed up. Both absolutely served me very well, right? Yeah. I knew I wanted to do something in business, right? I, I knew that there was a path forward that I could do. And I grew up in manufacturing. My, my grandfather, was, uh, who was really my father figure, was a World War II vet. And we built stuff. As I mean, I vivid memories as a kid where we just built things, right? Yeah. So I was following my path. Corey was working at this Japanese company. He comes home one day. He's like, we, let's just, we need to do this. Like, I've got an idea of what we could do. Uh, let's just figure it out. You know, we're kids. Right? We're kids sitting around on this little beach house in Carlsbad in the early 90s. But what we did have going for us was a real positive mindset. We knew what we wanted to do. We crafted a service plan, a, a business plan around having a, a, a model service company. And 
this was at a time where 3D printing, the materials had just gotten good and nobody really knew about it. So who were your customers? Some of our first customers, well, really anybody who is in product development, right? Anybody who's making something that is plastic metal, we could service. So from the small guy all the way to, I know like Apple was a customer, right? Our third customer. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we lucked into a wonderful project for the Newton, actually. And that was like the precursor to today's iPad, really. That was their first handheld device, actually. Yeah. So that, that, you know, we get the order on the fax machine, <laughs> right? <laughs> we take the files on the floppy drive, right? And it was really the birth of the internet. So it was... It was certainly a matter of timing for us, right? We were at a moment in our young adulthoods, I mean, kids, and we started chasing something and honed what we did and put a fantastic team around us, right? Early, had some, had some great guys around us. As a person, I know you like to make things yeah. in your personal life and professional life. And I also know about you, you love people. You're all about, you know, all about getting to know people and how to, and I think both those things really served you in this business. Like you guys grew this from the early nineties, sold it in late 2019. It, it, yeah. We we pushed it into 2020. Right. Um, but uh, at the end, like what was the head count? What was the, I mean, it was a big operation. Decent size. Uh, yeah, what was decent the head size. Count we were up to about 175. W-2 employees had a sales and uh, marketing team here in Southern California, had a national sales team, 10, 11 folks. And yeah, 100,000 square foot of, yeah. of manufacturing space. So, Commercial office space up in Carlsbad. Yes. Yeah. Sold this business to international massive conglomerate. Yep. Um, Listed on the London Stock Exchange. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. but a, a really neat 200-year-old manufacturing company, right, who understood who we were and really believed in the business plan. I mean, we had a, a, an aggressive business plan that we were executing on. Yeah. So. so we got introduced in early, or excuse me, late 2019. Was it? Yeah. Was it late 2019? Oh, yeah. It was like two months. You're, I, remember, I remember you guys saying it was right after Thanksgiving. And you're like, hey, we've got this. We've already executed the letter of intent. Yeah. We're going to, this thing is going to close. I think it was like December 26, 27, 28, something like that. Well, you were the sage voice in the room that said, ah, oh, you're going to want to make it January 1, 2020, because <laughs> we're going to need some time to button some things up. So, yeah. Actually, meeting you had a huge influence on how I drove that thing at the end, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I remember I met you, and the next month I got invited to become a member of the CEO group that you had been a member of for many years. And I said, I remember joining it saying, you know, in, in 2008, 2009, me not being a member of a group like this and, and going through all this turmoil, I really want to be in a group before... We experienced the next 2008, 2009, and I felt like I wished COVID upon the group because two months later, <laughs> like, thank God I'm in the group because COVID's here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, so you push the, typically we tell clients, like the gold, you know, there's three periods, that gold, silver, bronze. Oh, yeah. And that gold period's at 24 months prior to execution of a letter of intent. Well, that had been gone. That was yeah. gone. That was gone. 
And the silver period is from a letter of intent, which we were already in, yes. until December 31st following the transaction date. And I said, whoa, if you make that, <laughs> if you make that transaction date December 28th, like a month isn't enough to get this stuff done. Exactly. So uh, I think that was uh, super helpful that at least we were able to get it pushed exactly. into to January 2nd or 3rd. And I mean, we hit the ground running. Yeah, right? then it gave us a year. Right. Gave us a year to, and how helpful was doing planning and putting that stuff together? Come on, it was fantastic. I mean, so like many business owners, you fall into your business, right? I became an expert in manufacturing. I became obsessed with building the team. Was I the guy? Sure, I know a lot of smart people that run in, in fun circles and, and finance, but was I paying any attention to, to building my portfolio? Not really, Derek. Not really. I was focused on running my business. So when I met you and we talk about that gold, silver, bronze period, sure, you know, I'd done a few things to set myself up well, but the majority of my life's work was building this business, right? And I wasn't, I wasn't the one doing the, the estate planning, right? I just wasn't that guy. So <laughs> hearing what we needed to accomplish, there's a runway, Right? Of course, you know this, but for the folks who are listening here, there's a runway and you're going to want to get engaged and figure out what you need to do. There's, there's planning. There's, there's structure that you need to set up to get you moving in the right direction. Yeah. So we skipped over your family. You're, you're, you, you met Hannah and... Oh, she's, uh, she watched this. This is the part where she gets me out. Yes. Married my wife. Actually, she was 23 and I was 27. We were, we were young getting married. But the beautiful thing is we started having kids, right? I had my first kid at age 30. We have three boys. Yeah. So following the footsteps of, of <laughs> my family. The Weber family, man. Yeah. <laughs> you stopped at three, though? What's funny? <laughs> yeah, I tried. Successive Friday nights. Every Friday night, I'd whisper in her ear, come on. Let's go for four. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Three boys and I feel totally blessed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2020, we I meet Hannah and we start pulling together all of your facts, assumptions, and goals. And we get those all together. And then we list out the number of transactions that we think make sense to model. And why don't you talk about that process? Like, what did that do for you? emotionally, psychologically, like, was that, why don't you, yeah. <laughs> because it did have emotional and psychological. Well, I mean, built goals, built business, built my life around goals, right? Always writing things down. But like I said, I wasn't a financial expert. So sure, I knew I, I wanted to accomplish, but I didn't know what those instruments were going to be to get us there, right? The what some actually really one of the most beautiful things about Centura is we had a charitable plan, right? We knew we wanted to be able to to do something good to meaningful organizations to us, right? What we didn't realize is that there are full instruments for to to help you get there, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the things that we did together, I had no idea that these things existed, yeah. right? So yeah. how to how to benefit your family and then how to decide rather than send this money to the government, how could I choose the social causes that were near and dear to your and Hannah's heart? I know was 
super impactful for yourselves. Super impactful. Yeah. How about, I mean, you guys were selling this. Did you ever dream that you would sell your business for the amount of money you sold this business for? When you're starting this thing in the 90s, you ever dream it was Boy, gonna... yeah, not in the 90s at all, right? Yeah. We were just a couple of kids chasing dream, right? Yeah. But how about 08, 09 when it, things are really tough? And that was a storm to be weathered. It, it created some battle armor, created some wonderful lessons, right? Tough, tough things. But coming out of the recession, right, we made it through and, and pulled everybody together to make it through. Coming out of the recession, 3D printing started to, to get hot, right? Yeah. And we were, we were really at, at one point, we were the largest privately owned 3D printing company in the U.S. So saw some deals happen, yeah. right? And, and knew a couple of the guys through those deals. So I started to get some bright eyes and... and at that point, the business just wasn't ready, right? You needed to prepare the business itself, stand it up so that you can go into a process through, through M&A. So I spent a few years, right? Got a good CFO, built the business. But again, my personal goals were written down on, on paper, literally, and I didn't spend the time on the personal goals, business, business, business. So what, what advice would you give to other business owners? Because you... Just got introduced, I think I think our business coaches who introduced us, right? Yes. Yeah. I would say dip a toe, right? Uh, dip a toe in and understand really what you how you want to set up your portfolio, right? There is things that you need to do to get all your assets in the proper place, right? And that's really essentially what the gold period I mean, I'm not an expert on the liberated wealth. Process. <laughs> process, but this is really essentially what the gold period is, right? It's it's making sure those assets are getting those structures in place, right? I still remember you saying, Derek, I can't wait to the day that I get this. I think you called it. What did you call it? Archimedes chart or something? <laughs> yeah. It was an Archimedes plot. Yeah, Archimedes yeah. plot. I'm like, okay, I think <laughs> I think you're talking about a Monte Carlo simulation. You're like, yeah, that's it. I want to see that where in all scenarios, I'm 100%. Oh, man. Yeah. That was, that was one of the, the real moments with Centura. And there's several that we've had together. But personally, seeing that Archimedes plot, a.k.a. Monte Carlo simulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, talk about liberating. Yeah. Right? It is. Yeah. It's very liberating to see that. So I tell, because oftentimes when people say planning, Typically, most people, when they say planning, they're talking about goal-based planning, cash flow planning, asset allocation and location. And then they do this Monte Carlo simulation. And I liken that to a map and a compass that says, hey, I'm here in San Diego. I want to go to New York and I'm going to jive back and forth. That's a sailing term. I'm going to go back and forth across that line. Jib, jibbing and jiving? Yeah, <laughs> jiving back and forth across that line and uh, to get me to where I'm going. But, but none of those four things, these three things are not gonna shorten that distance. And so the things that, that, that we tell clients that really shorten the distance is income tax planning. Not a lot of people do that. That silver period was pretty crucial for us to get some things in place to mitigate that income tax. Wealth transfer planning, how do I get the government out of my life, right? And from that, so that I can decide how much money I want my, to go to my friends and family, how much I want to go to charity, and down the road is that. And then, and then third, balance sheet optimization. How do we clean up the stuff? I mean, those 
are the things that we think move the needle by shortening that distance between San Diego and and New York. New York City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, well but said, right? I mean, you do this for a living, but for those listening, right? These are, that's it. You, there is a plenty of planning that needs to go into things. And so just dip your toe in, right? Get into it and understand what is going to help. And that, learn what the gold, silver period, gold and silver, bronze period means, right? Yeah. So as we got your, your and Hannah's facts and the assumptions you wanted to make and got those goals memorialized, we then got down to a list of transactions that we thought made sense for you guys. And we're agnostic. You know, yeah, the team has to be agnostic. It can't be, hey, every, you know, we're a hammer and everything's a nail. Sure. We, we got to get the right list. What are the right transactions? We then interviewed the professionals in your life. And you're a real per people person who really loved the people that were in your life. But when we came back and delivered you our findings to say, okay, here's the people that are in your life. We needed to augment and or replace some of those folks after those. How how was that process? That how was us? How did we laid that out for you? Was that difficult? Was that necessary? What was the? It was absolutely necessary, right? So it crystallized, right? Like I said earlier, I had personal goals written down, but really understanding the structure, being being able to have you guys walk us through what those mechanics were going to be. And then how we were going to help the children, right? The charities and the people in my life, our lives. It was it was a maturation process, right? It was, boy, I'm trying to think of a sailing term where we can keep this about sailing and nothing's coming up. <laughs> it was a pickling. It was a, it, <laughs> uh, but it was just a process that really helped us mature through it and crystallize those goals that I'd written down years ago, and here I was achieving them, right? So how about, though, bringing in those professionals? We had to augment the team. We had to bring in a new CPA group that did both business and trust work, right? I had a fantastic tax guy, but were they sophisticated enough to handle what we needed to do? No, right? Yeah. So yeah, there was a couple of options that we, uh, that we looked at, interviewed them yep. both ways. Yep. Great process. Then estate planning, the, the trust folks that yep. had to set up all those different trusts, you had to get a different person there as well. Exactly. I'm trying to remember if there were other people, but... Um, yeah, we went through a couple of different options on how we were going to set up the estates, right? And we found a firm here in San Diego that did fantastic for us. Yep. Right? Yep. But that was also another learning curve where you have to understand the instruments and the legal structure about what you're standing up. And you guys served up a couple of great options. You really need that overall team between the tax, the legal, and the financial services team. And they have to be collaborative, right? It's a, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts here. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was, it was a very collaborative spirit, right? And I mean, this was 2020 yep. too, right? So these were interesting times and, yeah. you know, <laughs> timing was fantastic. Couldn't have been better for me, really. I mean, we kind of dodged a bullet and... When you say dodged a bullet and selling your business? And what the economy did through 2020 yes, yeah. to get off topic. But yeah, those were interesting times, reflecting were, on them pretty, now. You were pretty happy that you had made this sale in late 2019, early 2020. It was tough. Yeah. I mean, I was I ran the business for two years. 
Because uh, you stayed on during an earnout for the two-year period. Yeah. yeah. So so we sold it at having been in the business for 25 years and then 25 ran it for a couple, 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're taking that 25-year investment and it turned into this pile of money and you still worked for a couple of years. Yeah. But you knew you were going to let go of that paycheck. In fact, you've been one year. Yeah. How good has that been to be? I know you've had a lot of projects you've been working on, but how? <laughs> yeah, there's still some grease under my uh, fingernails from this morning. Yeah, it, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, right. It's something. It's it's something you dream of, and until you get there, you know, you just have a, a an idea of what it's going to feel like. But liberated is a good word. Actual total freedom. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yes, nice. and and Centura was a huge part of it. I'm I'm really. There's a confidence that comes with the process that you guys put us through, right? You so, just you you know you 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 see your portfolio, it's tested, and you, I was able to make those decisions as we put this together. Yeah, right. So you're taking this asset from 25 years that it always paid you, yes. and you knew the paycheck was going to end in a couple of years. This thing, the golden goose, had to turn into a new paycheck machine, right? Right? <laughs> Balance sheet transferred. Yeah. Yes. And so you had some experience in different investments from commercial real estate to equities and whatnot. But what has been your biggest learning in taking that large sums of capital and redeploying it and putting it to work? And in 2022, like had the worst year in bonds in the history of the bond market and one of the bottom quartile worst investment stock returns like what's been i mean so man pretty tough time to get your money and put it to work and sure uh, i mean i'm really really grateful that we just didn't plow it into the market right like a like a typical strategy would do right sure the bond market was tough right we had some we had some money in there but we saw that through we did okay mm -hmm. um I, I, it was a total maturation process. It really was. I mean, yes, I had experience with, with real estate. I have a couple of nice commercial pieces. Yes, I've got some uh, personal property. Some residential pieces. So yeah. Residential yeah. pieces. But how we put those together in the portfolio. And I think what was liberating, too, is just the choices. Like you said, you there was a bit of a smorgasbord that you presented, right? You We, we looked at my assets. We looked at at my balance sheet, uh, we looked at the people in lives, and you said, here's what we could do. Yeah. Right? What do you think the biggest learning about all of that is? Th that you... That you can involve your favorite charities through this process. Okay. Th I mean... That was huge for you. Oh, yeah. huge. Yeah. Because you know you've got this looming tax bill, but yeah. there are instruments that you can move rather than paying Uncle Sam and you can put it into your favorite charity. And okay. we were able to do that. Okay. Just, I mean, come on. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it's one of the best moments uh, in my life. Really? Knowing that I could, all these years, been building what I've been able to build. And, and sure, you know, we all have to pay taxes and I'm fine with that. But to know that we were able to redirect into some charities that are near and dear to us. Okay. Great stuff. What do you think the biggest thing is for Hannah? in all of this you're you're home every day get him back out of the house <laughs> we still love each other she still loves me 
the biggest learning thing, the, the thing that Hannah learned through the process, I think that, I, I think it's that confidence. I think it's the, the comfort in being able to have a balance sheet. Sure, I mean, I've managed a P&L and balance sheet for years and years, but to, I didn't have a true personal balance sheet that my, let alone my wife had an understanding of this. Yeah. So, right. So through that process, us being able to build that, getting her, I mean, she's a designer and an artist, right? She's certainly not a, a, a finance person, but we put it together. You know, you guys, the software that, that we've been using through this process, the visual balance sheet, it's just the comfort. Yeah. It's, it's the makes you feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Makes you feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. How about learning? So many clients know about cash stocks and bonds. We've started introducing a lot of alternative investments, anything that's an alternative to those things, whether it be private real estate transactions, private credit lending solutions, private equity, private equity offshore, right? Tax structures that go with that. I mean, what's been your biggest learning in learning about those alternative investments and what's been your experience? All four of those that you mentioned are fantastic and have benefited us through this. I'm, I'm a real estate guy. I do love real estate, right? Something that was driven into me by my grandfather. If that, you want to get rich, own real estate. Yes, yes. And I mean, blue chip stocks are great, but for me, it was always real estate. The sophistication and the tax-friendly benefits of some of the private real estate stuff that you guys have introduced to me have been fantastic, right? Yeah. I did not realize that you could be that tax efficient through these instruments. So they've served us well. Yeah. They've served us well. I mean, we've been doing this for three years. Yeah. Three and a half years. Yeah. We're, we're rookies together. Yeah. yeah. But I've, you know, I've got a wonderful visual portfolio yeah. Uh, we have these calls. My wife joins uh, confidence. Yeah. Right. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. So, I mean, thank you. It's been, I mean, we also got to know each other while seeing each other every month Sure. in, in the, the groups, the group that we're in as yeah. well. Great experiences together. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, as you're giving advice to other business owners, what would be your advice in, in in selecting the team or any of this? Like what, what would be your advice? Just spend a moment, right? We all need to go all in on, uh, on these businesses that we're building, right? It's they're, they're consuming, they're all consuming, but just take a moment, educate yourself, understand that there are some pieces that you're going to have to put in place, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys made it easy. You guys did make it easy, right? Sure, there were stressful times, yeah. but it was mostly about the process. of so M&A process is, is wild and crazy times. To lay this personal financial mission in through that, you guys made it easy. Yeah. You did. Well, I'd say, first off, just like you said, people, they're running their business, right? And then you're laying an M&A, a mergers and acquisition process. So they're saying, hey, in the middle of this, we want you to spend... Uh, a bunch of time meeting with bankers and lawyers and whatnot. And then on top of that, we're saying, hey, I know you, I know you got your day job. You've got this M&A process job. Hey, we wanted this personal financial thing on top of that. And sometimes I hear from folks like, that's just too much. What's your advice to those folks? 
just do the planning. Even, I mean, there's there's certain groups of people. I come from an entrepreneurial, right? Started a business from a young age. Uh, you know, I matured to a point where we knew we were going to sell the business, but I didn't find you until late in the process, right? So get your ducks in a row. Inform yourself on what you're going to do. Actually, I would tell people that if you're running a business, you need to build the business to sell, right? You should you need to be thinking about how you're going to sell that business someday, how it looks to the outside, right? And building your balance sheet, your portfolio, putting it all together. The, the, um, the really the thing is, is just informing yourself, spend the time before things get too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you never, you never know, right? You never know when that LOI is going to come and exactly. And, uh, exactly. you're like, wow, it's too much to turn away. And, so I've got a, a buddy right now who an LOI just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And sure, he's building his business to sell, but he was not expecting that. And so I'm coaching him through this, right? You, you have to get things in order. Yeah. Ultimately, you didn't take that, right? So it's a good wake up call, though. It's, it's absolutely a wake up call. Sure, you can be in a process, but you've got a lovely business and somebody wants to buy from you. Get it together, man. That's right. Well, Donovan, thank you, my friend, for taking the time today to share your experience with our audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. I'm your host, Derek Myron. Until next time, thank you for listening. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us at centurawealth.com. C-E-N-T-U-R-A wealth.com. Be well. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. 